considered how many filters we use in our lives. How many filters? We have air filters of various kinds. We have uh, water filters. Uh, we have um, oil filters. Uh, I'm glad we have coffee filters. I really am. I don't like all the grounds in my mouth, you know. If you don't filter that stuff, that's what you're going to have, isn't it? I wonder how often we think about how many filters we use every day. And we even have filters for our bodies, and they are a lot more important than coffee filters, I assure you. The lungs, for example, they function to provide a place where oxygen can reach the blood and carbon dioxide can be removed. The lungs are are filters. They hold from three to four quarts of air. And obviously we, we need those filters very desperately. What about the kidneys? That's the function of the kidney. All the blood in the body flows through the kidneys every few minutes. And the function of the kidney to, to kidneys to remove from the blood the waste products of living cells and any excess water and Acid and anything that interferes with the activity causes an accumulation of harmful waste matter in the blood. Kidneys, they're vitally important. You think about those filters in the body like lungs and kidneys and so many other things you could talk about and it makes you wonder why there could be anybody who would say, isn't that amazing just how that all evolved by chance and all of those things function just the way they do to keep us alive and healthy. And it all just came together from millions upon millions of years ago in some primordial soup somewhere where some little one-celled creature came from nothing to something and then evolved into this. And that's the dominant theory in the world today. Tragic, isn't it? Why do we have so many kinds of filters? The reason is because there are so many impurities in the world. This world is filled with impurities, and I'm glad that we have the filters that we have to help us deal with those impurities. But the greatest filter we have, I hold right here in my hand. This is the greatest filter that we have. I want us to think about that filter. Look at Psalm 12 and verse 6. In Psalm 12 and verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Here's a filter that filters our words. The Bible is the filter for our words. Go on over a little further into Psalm 19 at verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Pure, there it is, enlightening the eyes. Over at Psalm 119, great psalm that deals with the word of God and exalts the word of God. In Psalm 119... At verse 140, your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Purity, the pure word. The pure word purifies the words of the obedient 
and the righteous. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 15. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. This is the filter that makes the words pleasant to the Lord. There are those, of course, who believe they are pure, but they are pure in their own eyes. They haven't availed themselves of the filter that everyone must avail himself of to truly be pure, and so they believe themselves to be pure without this filter being a part of their lives, but they are, as a result of that thinking, pure in their own eyes. And the Bible has something to say about that. Proverbs 30 and verse 12. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it is not washed from its filthiness. I believe that's fairly descriptive of a great many people, tragically, in the world in which we live today. A generation that is pure in its own eyes, but has not washed itself from the filthiness, its own filthiness. Pure in its own eyes. Why? Again, because this generation, for the most part, has not filtered, filtered their lives through the pure Word of God, which has the power to purify. The power to purify in every area. Now, I want us to notice in the remainder of our lesson today some of these areas. Some of the areas in which this filter, the greatest filter of all, has the power to purify. The first thing at which we look is the heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said in the great Beatitudes as a part of the great Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Therefore, it's imperative if we would hope to see God, that is, to stand before God and to be with God for all eternity, approved of God, then we're going to have to purify our hearts. How can I do that? I only have one filter that can purify the heart. And that's the Bible. First Timothy 1 and verse 5, Paul writes, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Love from a pure heart. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, Paul writes, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, he goes on, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we bring ourselves into a situation where we are pure vessels, honorable vessels, prepared for a good work? Peter tells us how to do that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. As he relates to these Christians what they had done in bringing about their purification, he writes, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another 
with a what? Pure heart. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. And then he continues, having been born again. There it is. By what? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By this filter, the incorruptible filter, the incorruptible Word of God. Through the Word of God, he says, which lives and abides forever. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. What incorruptible seed? The Word of God. The purifying filter. And when we think about the heart, we should think about the mind, because biblically speaking, the heart and the mind are synonymous, and therefore the Bible filters the thoughts. The Bible is the filter that should filter the thoughts, because as a man thinks in his heart, Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. Purify the mind, purify the heart. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. How so? By using the filter that will filter the thoughts. The only one that can do it. And That's the reason we're in the predicament we're in to a great extent in our country today because People use filters of all kinds every day and they wouldn't be without them to save their lives. But to save their souls, they will not turn to the filter of God's Word to filter the heart. What about the language? Prophet Zephaniah talks about in Zephaniah 3 and verse 9, For then will I turn to the people a pure language that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve Him with one consent. God, through the prophet, speaks of the pure language. And Jesus Christ, as he lived among men, minced no words when he talked about that generation of vipers in Matthew chapter 12 at verse 34. And here's what he said to them. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so purifying the heart, through this filter leads logically to the purifying of that which proceeds from the heart, which is the language. Sound speech, Paul writes to Titus concerning in, in Titus chapter 2 and verse 8. And how much does the, the inspired writer James have to say about language? In James 1, for example, verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, does not filter his language through the only filter, then what? He deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. A couple of chapters later at James 3, verses 9 and 10, he speaks of the tongue as a deadly poison in verse 8, as, a, as an unruly evil. And then he goes on, with it, that is with the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And they will not be so if we filter the language with this filter, as we filter the heart with this filter. And yet we live in a time when the language that we hear everywhere is awful. I saw a 
story the other day, I read a story the other day about this movie, the new movie Lincoln. They're talking about all the, they're singing the praises of this, uh, this movie, Lincoln. And, uh, and yet the story I was reading was talking about how historians are questioning how much uh, foul language they have put in this movie, saying that it is not really typical of that period of history even. And yet the Lord's name is taken in vain. I think they said ten times during the movie. And so here's a movie that could be extremely beneficial, very good movie, but they, they spoil it by inserting language that many historians say wouldn't have even been characteristic of that time. And that Lincoln was not one who really liked to hear language among his staff used uh, bad language around him. And yet they've inserted all of this. And how long can you watch much of anything without hearing something that is uh, objectionable? No, people aren't filtering their language through this book. Many who are out here speaking as they are are filtering their language through what they hear and see on TV or from their friends at school or in other settings, and those are the filters through which their language is coming rather than through this filter. What about the conscience? What about the conscience, and how are we filtering that? Are we filtering it in a way to say that we are truly living in good conscience? First Timothy 3 and verse Nine, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. As the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy about the qualifications for deacons, he mentions that, holding the mystery of the faith, that is, in other words, being Christians, being Christians, holding on to the faith with a pure conscience. In Acts 23.1, Paul said he had lived in all good conscience until that particular day. Yes, he at times was doing something that was contrary to the will of God, but his conscience was not condemning him. Therefore, it tells us the conscience has to be trained. The conscience sits in, sits in judgment of our actions, but our actions are determined by what's been put in here so that our conscience can then sit in judgment of those actions. So we have to make sure that we have made sure that what has gone into here has come through this filter. And if it has, then we can live in good conscience as we follow the dictates of the conscience if the conscience is based upon the Word of God. First Timothy 4 and verse 2, it's possible to have our consciences seared as with a hot iron. Titus 1.15 makes a similar point there. And so it's imperative that we keep the conscience pure. The passage in Titus speaks of the pure, saying to them, that is to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. Anyone alive today in our society with that kind of situation? I'm afraid so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What about the body? What about using this as a filter for the body and how we are to, 
take care of our bodies. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. In that passage, the Apostle Paul is reminding Christians, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Because indeed, he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been influenced by the Spirit through the Word. And as that Word lives in you, the Spirit is influencing you through the Word. And in that Word... He tells us that we're to keep our bodies pure. He wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.22, told him not to lay hands suddenly on anyone, that is, in terms of approving someone is the idea there. But then he says, keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. And in 1 Corinthians 6, the same chapter we were in just a moment ago, verse 13, beginning, foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Then he says, now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? And then he makes the application, shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Certainly not. He talks about in the context of sexual immorality and the use of the body in, in a sexually immoral way. But we should be concerned about our bodies in every sense in taking care of our bodies. And we'll do that if we filter, if we filter what goes into our bodies and how we use our bodies through the Word of God. What about the religious practice, our religious practice? How should it be filtered? Oh, a great many people today who believe they are religious and they're claiming to be spiritual, and yet they do not consult this filter to base their conclusion about their spirituality upon. Not at all. Or very casually, if at all. But how do we... How do we filter our religious practice? Wouldn't it be obvious that the only way you can filter your religious practice is through this filter, which is the Word of God that lives and abides forever, and yet so many ignore it? What does James say about that? Again, going back to James chapter 1, and in verse 27, James says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself what? Unspotted from the world. That's my daily religion. I'm to keep myself unspotted from the world. How do I keep myself unspotted from the world? By using this filter. The only way I can keep myself unspotted. What about my worship? I must filter my worship through this book. That's a part of my religious practice. I must filter it through the Word of God. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. And how often have we said to worship in truth is to worship according to the filter. It is to worship according to the word, isn't it? Sanctify them, Jesus prayed concerning his apostles. Sanctify them through your truth. And then he added, your word is truth. Sanctify means what? To set apart for a holy use. How are we to be set apart for a holy use? By the truth. What is that truth? God's word. 
Therefore, to be sanctified or set apart for a holy use, I must do so by the filter, the Word of God. My worship, my worship has to come through this filter, in other words. And anything outside of this filter, I dare not practice in my worship to God. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit, sincerely, from the heart, oh yes, but also in truth. Our point is that the Bible is the filter that purifies all who desire to be clean. You want your water to be clean. You want your lungs to function to filter the air as it should. You want your kidneys to function to filter as they should. You want all sorts of filters to do their jobs so that you function properly, what you operate as your car or any other machine functions properly, but what about ourselves. How concerned are we that we are filtered through in every aspect of our lives, the heart, the conscience, the body, the religious practice. How concerned are we that we filter everything through this book? We must never lose sight of the fact there is but one filter for all areas of our lives. The Bible is that filter, the filter that purifies all who desire to be clean. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, Jesus, in this context, gives a beautiful illustration depicting himself as the true vine. His father, the husbandman, every branch in me is a reference to every member of the body of Christ, the church. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now listen to verse 3. You, he write, or says to his apostles, you are already clean. Why? How? Because of the word which I have spoken to you. Clean because of the word. Jesus is not here speaking those words to us today, but his word is here today. The all-sufficient, all-powerful word of God, the filter through which every aspect of our lives has to pass in order to be purified in the presence of God and in the sight of God. And once we have been cleansed, by coming to the filter and hearing it say to us, you must believe that Jesus is the Christ, having it revealed to us that we must repent of our sins or perish eternally, that we must confess Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God, that we then must be buried with him in baptism for the remission of sins, Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. When we have come to the filter and have filtered our obedience through this book, we can know then that having believed, repented, confessed Christ, and been buried in baptism, we're clean. We've been cleansed because the filter has cleansed us. And through that obedient process, we rise to walk in newness of life. And once we are cleansed, we can remain so by filtering every aspect of our lives continually through that word. Look with me at 1 John, 
chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, he's writing to Christians now, those who purified their lives initially through the filter, hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized, as the filter demands for us to be clean, then he says, Beloved, now we're children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now listen to verse 3. And everyone who has this hope, what hope? Of seeing him as he is, being with him for all eternity, approved of God and Christ in the judgment. Everyone who has this hope in him, listen to it, purifies himself just as he is pure. Where do I learn of the perfectly purified one, the Christ? Right here in the filter. And everyone who has the hope of being with him for eternity must purify himself. And the word there indicates keeps on purifying him. Keeps on purifying himself. How? By passing every action, every thought through the filter. The filter of God's Word. How can we know that we've done that? How can we know that we're continually clean? Because the commandments are there. And by this we know that we know Him, John wrote in 1 John 2, 3, if we keep His commandments. Filter your life through this and you'll know that you know Him. Keep filtering your life through the Word and let that word remove the impurities in your life. And this is the only filter that can do that. It begins with obeying the truth. As we've already noted from 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23, since you have purified your souls, Peter wrote to those Christians, in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not by what? Corruptible seed, but by incorruptible. What incorruptible seed, Peter? The Word of God, which lives and abides forever. That Word today tells you that you must believe it, believe that Jesus is the Christ, or die in your sins, John 8, 24. Repent or perish, Luke 13, 3. Confess Him to be the Christ, and He'll confess you before the Father, Matthew 10, 32. And be buried with Him in baptism. Yes, he who believes and is baptized will be Say, Jesus said, how much clearer could it be? And he'll add you to his kingdom, the church, because you will have filtered your obedience through the only filter that can bring you into contact with the blood of Christ and thus into salvation in him. And that's this filter here. And as you continually live by this filter, the New Testament, specifically the last will and testament of Christ, you can know that you know him and that you'll one day see him as he is and be as he is. What a thought. What a hope. But John says everyone who has this hope must keep on purifying himself through the filter. Are you doing that? If you haven't obeyed the gospel, you're not. And if you're not continually living by filtering everything through this book, through this word, even though you've obeyed it initially, you need to come home to it, back to the filter, 
in repentance, confession of sin, as we pray with you and for you. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we plead with you to do it now as we stand to sing to encourage you.